Welcome to the committee. Good morning. Good morning, uh, members of the committee. I'd like to thank Chairman Jones, Vice Chairman Manchester, Ranking Member Robinson, and members of the House Primary and Secondary Education Committee for hearing our testimony in opposition to 239. That would eliminate end of course ex examination in American government and history. Let me get, begin with a brief legislative history for the committee's benefit on legislation that was passed in the 129th General Assembly. In 2012, named the Founding of American Documents Curriculum, legislation that strengthened American government and history curriculum in Ohio schools from the grades 8 through 12. At that time, it was sponsored by State Representative John Adams and State Senator Larry Oboff. Our organization has supported strengthening American government and history standards in Ohio schools for the past 20 years. We first started supporting legislation in 1999. That would accomplish what eventually SB 165 did accomplish, assuring that Ohio school children learned the importance of the Declaration of Independence, the Northwest Ordinance, the Constitution of the United States, with an emphasis on the Bill of Rights, the Ohio Constitution, the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, in the Ohio classroom in grades 8 through 12 with an end of course exam. It took more than 10 years to convince enough legislators, members of the state school board, and Ohio governor that the time had come to strengthen American government and history standards in Ohio schools with an emphasis on the founding documents of our nation. Then in the 129th General Assembly, with broad bipartisan support in both the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate, SB 165 passed and, and was signed enthusiastically into law by Governor Kasich. State School Board passed an endorsing resolution supporting the effort. The Ohio Historical Association launched an effort to highlight the legislation and the importance of the founding documents, as well as Ohio's role in our early founding. Former Secretary of State John Houston launched a Founding Fathers Initiative to support the effort as well. The reason for the original concern was that Ohio's graduating seniors had low proficiency rates in American government and American history. Newsweek magazine in 2011 conducted a poll of 1,000 adults nationwide with 20 basic questions on American civics. They included the results in an article titled, How Dumb Are We? Only 62% of those polled passed the test. Included were such basic questions as, what happened at the Constitutional Convention? Only 35% got that correct. What is one power of the federal government? Only 19% could list one power belonging to the federal government. And what is the supreme law of the land? Only 30% knew that the U.S. Constitution is the supreme law of the land. It was because of that alarming results that the effort was launched to enact the founding of American Documents Curriculum for Ohio School students. That great founding patriot, John Adams, once warned his generation that a constitution of government once changed from freedom can never be restored. Liberty once lost is lost forever. Thomas Jefferson stated, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. George Washington, our first president, demonstrated by his act of stepping down from his elected office that we truly were a republic, not a monarchy. When King George of England heard this, he stated, if he steps down, he truly will be the greatest man in the world. George Washington was following those guided restrictions on governmental office laid out 
in the U.S. Constitution. As our first chief executive, he stated, the Constitution is the guide which I will never abandon. This is not a time for us to abandon the constitutional studies in the Ohio classroom, far from it. It is a time when we should be emphasizing our founding documents and the freedoms and liberties that they afford every citizen. The threat of ignorance of governmental studies still exists in the U.S. population. In 2018, the Annenberg Public Policy Center of the University of Pennsylvania issued its findings of its Civics Knowledge Survey of 1,008 U.S. adults. The results were released in time for Constitution Day of September 17th. The survey found that many people did not know how the branches of government work. A quarter, 27%, incorrectly said the Constitution allows the President to ignore a Supreme Court ruling if the President believes the ruling is wrong. A third, 33% of respondents could not name any of the three branches of government. Here in Ohio, however, we see higher proficiency rates in American government and American history by our high school students over the last handful of years. This is due to the Ohio success story of strengthening American government and American history standards in grades A through 12. The success of Senate Bill 165 is something in which all Ohioans can take pride. For the past eight years, Ohio has been making progress as general knowledge of our constitutional form of government and our founding documents has increased among our graduates, this is due in large part to the fact that the founding of American Documents curriculum requires one full credit hour for the course study, one half credit hour for American history, one half credit hour for American government, with an end of course exam for each that guarantees it will be taught in the classroom. Without the examination, teachers will not be compelled to take the time for this course study of our founding documents. It is for this reason that we oppose House Bill 239, which is an attempt to reduce or eliminate the testing requirement. Thank you, Chairman, and members of the Primary and Secondary Committee. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have at this time. Thank you for your testimony. Are there any questions from the committee? Representative Romer. Yes, Chairman uh, Jones, Representative Romer, uh, thank you for the question. <clears throat> I actually appreciated the testimony that the social studies teachers brought. I think they helped to actually make our point. The first testimony, he mentioned that one of the categories that is scoring higher in proficiency is American government and American history. And I think that speaks to the General Assembly of the 129th General Assembly, who saw fit to pass the Founding American Documents curriculum. The strengthening of American government and history and really focusing in on that. So it's a success story, and I think they helped to make that point. The other um, issue with the second gentleman who spoke, something that stood out in his testimony saying that K through six, if I heard him correctly, in the primary level, that the founding documents is virtually non-existent in its uh, study. And 
this is something that happened a few years ago when the end of course exam in fourth and sixth grades was eliminated in a line item issue in the budget bill. It wasn't a standalone bill, or we would have addressed it at the time, and it was eliminated. And I'm thinking, why are we eliminating something that gives us some kind of marker to know what our students are learning or not learning? So we're very concerned about that. But speaking to the amendment, so obviously the amendment passed this morning while we're here. Uh, we, we, we appreciate the work that went into the amendment and, and the trying to address some of the concerns. Um, we have some folks looking at that. I was hoping before you, you passed it, at least it would be presented, we'd have time to actually look at it and, uh, a little further. Um, and of course, the bill is still in process. We appreciate that. Um, but that there are issues with the amendment uh, concerning that is this an additional rollback of the testing requirements in American government, American history. If you're combining, you know, you can't, uh, you can't add by subtraction. If you're, if you're combining something, that means that you are reducing, uh, there is a reduction in it, that from our standpoint. Uh, there's other language in that amendment that's being deciphered by interested parties, and I'm sure that they'll weigh in here in the next week or so on this, on this bill, depending upon how it turns out here in committee. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question. Sure, thank you. No thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I just want to follow up on the answer that you gave, um, Representative Romer. You mentioned that the reduction means we'll be doing less. As I understand the amendment we passed today, there will be no reduction in teaching the founding documents, but there might be a reduction in the test questions. So if I combine them, we have a 100-question test for uh, American or, uh, history and 100 question tests for the founding documents. If I create one test of 100 questions and 50 of them are on one thing and 50 are on another, I still have to study all the founding documents because I don't know which questions are going to be about the Declaration of Independence or about how the, the branches of government or the Constitution. So a reduction in the questions doesn't mean I have to reduce what I'm teaching. Is that correct? Uh, Chairman Jones, Representative Kaler, um, <clears throat> we're still trying to decipher exactly the language in the amendment. It was just uh, just over a little 24 hours old, and not all interested parties had a, had a chance to look at it yet and review. Um, that's a good question, um, and, and there might be some reason behind that, but not knowing the specifics of the language of exactly what results it will have. There's always the unintended consequences that even the committee are not aware of, which might translate in the classroom that voting on it today, not realizing what impact it might have. So our position has been on this, and I know it seems as if we're being stuck in the mud on this, but sometimes you have to be bold and strong on something you know is working. If, uh, if I was, we were standing here today and saw no progress on Senate Bill 165, which passed the 129th General Assembly, then I'd be standing on some pretty weak ground but we're standing on some pretty strong ground. And in fact, the previous testimony even alluded to that, that this is a success story in Ohio. We want to keep it going. Uh, their counterparts in other states don't have the benefit of the kind of um, guide that we've put forward in the curriculum here in Ohio. And I know that many on the committee support that. I know you support that in concept in the classroom. Um, but it's one of those success stories that we just want to keep it going. 
And maybe a few years from now, we do look at maybe combining the test and saying, well, this really won't draw back, but having this success, why would you change something that's really working well? Representative Strayhorn. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Mr. Long, good to see you. Um, this is more of a, a sort of a baseline question for me to understand. Uh, your organi organization's position on um, the content of the social studies curriculum. And uh, I've seen this conversation play out nationally a couple of times where um, there's been a push to add things to the curriculum, but there is a feeling that if you add those things, you dilute other things. And I just want to understand, is your organization okay with adding things to the curriculum or are you guys in that camp where it's, we like the where we are now and we don't want to see other items diluted by adding other other things to that curriculum. Uh, Chairman Jones, Representative Strayhorn, can you give some specifics? So, so there, uh, this is, uh, and, and I wrestle with asking this question because I don't want to seem like it's a gotcha thing and it's sure. not, and it's really just when I had a conversation about it. Um, uh, history is a funny thing as to who's telling it and whose history it is and how it impacts other people. And so other, other ethnic groups talked about adding components of their history. Um, and particularly not segregating their history out for like a month or, or a week. If it's American history, it's American history. It should be incorporated into the curriculum. And so there was a pushback on that. And so, and I'll give you my own personal example. Um, I, I, I had a pretty good education, um, got a, a lot of exposure to the founding documents, bought into a lot of stuff. I, I understood certain things that happened, but it really didn't hit me emotionally until I was at Mount Vernon and I was walking through the slave pens. And so I had one understanding of a founding father and one perception, which I actually held pretty tight most of the time. And even though I knew this existed, it didn't hit me until I actually physically was in that space. That's never, that's never taught. That's never shared. That no, no, no African-American kid is equipped to make that, that transition. And so I'm, I'm just sort of curious as to this isn't something we're gonna tackle in this bill today, but I really was just kind of, kind of feeling out where is the space to say, hey, does it make him less great on this, this, and this, but it is an inconsistency and that's never talked about. And so how do we interpret the, those things? And so is there room in your organization for at least a discussion about how do we include Latino history? How do we include African-American history? How do we include Asian history in that history? Or is it felt that those adding those things, you don't necessarily feel like you want to diminish those things, but you also only have a certain amount of time and you, you may say, we don't want to dilute X number of exposures to the Constitution. I just want a sort of a baseline understanding of that. Uh, Chairman Jones, Representative Strayhorn, excellent question. I think under American history, uh, obviously therein lies the perimeters to be able to address our nation's history, both good and bad. Uh, when we think about that from the founding of that constitutional hall, there were those who were opposed to slavery, that if you're, make, if, you're just, if you're scripting a document that all men are created equal, they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You cannot leave out anyone and there were those in that constitutional hall who knew that that was the truth, abolitionists from the beginning. And of course, our nation played that out in a great drama on the battlefields across the landscape in 
the Civil War. And so I would address those students in my classroom who were of African-American descent, that these rights, these privileges are as just as much yours as they are mine, that you need the Bill of Rights that when you're pulled over unlawfully and treated by law enforcement in an unjust manner, you have rights and privileges in this Constitution with these Bill of Rights that you can make your appeal. That's what I would teach in the classroom. And I think this is the 400th year of the Pilgrim's Landing. In the last few years, my wife and I have taken our opportunity to go up to Plymouth and to visit with a local pastor who's a historian who's giving us, and he's a native of Massachusetts, and he's giving us real history, things they never knew about the Pilgrims, the separatists, those, that small group, that small band that came there. We hear all kinds of things, and there's Native Americans that come every year, and they, they sit over the area where the bones of the original 120 are laid there on the shores, and they protest. I would actually join their protest, but it wasn't the Pilgrims that they should be protesting because they saw the Natives, Americans, as their peers. And history tells that, but we don't hear that history. That's part of our American history. There is another group that came from England, and they believed in dominion, and they believed in subjugating the Native Americans. In fact, Martha's Vineyard was unlawfully taken. I think we should give Martha's Vineyard back to the Native Americans because it was unlawfully acquired by that group of people who came in and forcibly took the land. The pilgrims didn't do that. They shared, and we, even when they would purchase land, the Native Americans, because they saw the land is belonging to, we belong to the land, and they would hunt on those same properties. And they said, yeah, that's fine, you're my brother. Fine, it's, it's open. See, this is a history too that we don't teach in the classroom, but it's so important, because there are two, there's a very ugly view of our history as well. And unfortunately, it, it came with enforcement and for many people, it was a long time before they learned and exercised and experienced those freedoms that we all enjoy. Just follow up. Go ahead. And, and I don't know if this is a question or, or a comment, and I don't want to put you on the spot with the organization in terms of um, making a, and, and other elements of those, those contributions and vendors, what have you. I, I think it's important because that's where not just black folks, but white folks get to see everybody's contribution, and that's Absolutely. how people accord value. And if you never hear the other folks' contribution, you begin to think that they don't have value, and I think we still grapple with race in America. Um, and I think part of it is, so social study teachers I think are important because I think part of that is for too long we've left absent adding enough of those contributions where both sides are seeing everybody's contribution and, and having value of each other. And so I think what you guys do is important. And if you want to respond to that, fine, but you don't have to. And, okay. I, and I'm not going to put your organization on the spot with, with that. Further questions from the committee? Mr. Long, I, I guess I've got a couple here, and I, I do want to refute one of the, the statements. You know, uh, you just got the amendment 24 hours ago. That, that was something I did try to get to you sooner because we do value your opinion, and, and, and I, I do want to make sure that everyone knows that I did reach out to you last week uh, to no avail. But uh, I appreciate the work that you've done, and, and it's something that, that is very important, and we've had that conversation. I do want to ask you, though, about a, a statement from one of the earlier witnesses testimony yes uh, as you have stated there has been progress and I agree with you but it says overall testing and social studies accounts for the lowest amount of instructional time in any core subject area which is 10 percent 
which is far less than the 74% dedicated to math and language arts. That is something that I found to be very interesting. You know, as a teacher, you know, I taught different classes, different subject matters, and I found this to be uh, uh, interesting as well. I would have students that would take a class, and when they took their end course exam, they would do much better than a group of kids that took this end course exam. And what I kind of correlated was, is it was what was relevant and what they could use. Do you think maybe that because of our society that maybe students and teachers are, are maybe taking advantage of those opportunities a little bit more, and maybe that's why some of our test scores have, uh, you know, have, have increased? I mean, we're spending very only 10% of our time teaching that subject area, but our test scores have gone up. How, what, I mean, do we attribute it just to the, found, the, the teaching of the founding documents, or is that the only thing we can attest it to, or, or what? What's your opinion there? Uh, Chairman Jones, appreciate the question. Well, I do think it speaks to our teachers. I think it, 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 it speaks to their dedication, and the, the, a lot of the success belongs to them. What Senate Bill 165 did in the 129th General Assembly was to help to highlight that area of study when so many requirements and mandates were coming from not only this body, but from Washington as well. If you take the money, you're obligated to the task, right? Yeah. And so uh, with that, we're not saying that testing needed to be reduced in the classroom, certainly. Uh, I've had three graduating seniors over the last six years in public schools, and they've taken all those tests, so we've, we've seen it firsthand. Um, so yeah, and I think the General Assembly has done that. For instance, merits of House Bill 239 that Representative Manning originally introduced uh, were passed in the budget. We went from seven to five graduation tests. Previous to that was an elimination of the fourth to the sixth grade and of course exam and social studies. And that, that probably needs to be addressed by the two previous witnesses who have a passion for that area of study. And I think they are addressing that in their, in their way. But I think that uh, again, our, our emphasis is let's keep it going. Let's keep the success going. If it's not broke, we don't need to fix this right now. This is, this is a great story for Ohio, especially when you look at our counterparts in other states and around the country. Our kids are learning.